Hello, thank you for joining the Pioneer Library System. My name is Roxanne, and today I am joined by Miss Susan. Hi, Roxanne. I'm so happy to be here today. Happy to have you. On today's episode of Folktales and Friends, we will get to know Miss Susan from the Norman Central Library, and she'll share a folktale. Folktales celebrate diversity. By experiencing stories from different cultures, you can discover valuable insights about another culture's values, beliefs, history, practices, and customs. But before we get started, let's get to know Miss Susan with a few questions. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. Okay, when did you realize that Roxanne is your favorite colleague? Oh, I realized it the first day you started working with us, and every day it is reinforced. Interesting, interesting. Okay, next question. What is your favorite children's book? My favorite children's book goes back to when I was a child, uh, Bread and Jam for Francis by Lillian and Russell Hoban, or any of the Francis books. She's an adorable badger who sings a lot of songs. She feels strongly about things, and she has very wise and calm parents who help guide her through her childhood tribulations. I must say, I've never read that book. So in this book, Bread and Jam, does she make bread and jam? Well, all she wants to eat is bread and jam for a long time. And her parents, well, I don't want to give it away. Okay, Just read okay, it. Okay. Is there anything that you always want to eat? Hmm, ice cream. Yeah, I think my go-to is pancakes, actually. I've had them for two days in a row. Delicious. That's kind of a lot of work. No, because I made the batter yesterday, and so I just used the same batter today. Clever. Yes. Okay. So, what library program have you attended, created, or helped create that you have really enjoyed? Well, this goes back a long time to before I worked for Pioneer. It was the first Muggle Fest that was put on. I think it might have been 2006. And you can thank our teen librarian who's still here, Rebecca Spence, for making that the most magical, amazing, complex, complicated festival that I think downtown has ever seen. It was quite the scene. So did many different merchants participate in this? Or? She had the whole downtown participating. She had a band, Harry and the Potters, and their opening band, Draco and the Malfoys, playing at the Sooner Theater. It, she had costume contests, scavenger hunts. It was, it was really something. Was it extremely well attended? Absolutely. Wow. I wish I could have gone to that. I moved to Norman in 2006, but I did not attend Muggle Fest. I it didn't was, know about it. That's your loss. I wish I had. Okay. So if you had to live in any literary universe, which one would you choose? That's a good question. I think I might have to go with the borrowers. Because they're tiny, and, you know, who can resist something really tiny? Mm. And also, they live in these houses, and the people don't know they're there, and they have all kinds of adventures that relate to them being really tiny. That's very cute. I have a special little someone in my friend who wants to be a hamster when he grows up. Wait, I said that wrong. Rewind. I have a special little someone in my life who wants to be a hamster when he grows up. Hmm. Yes. When I grew up, I just wanted to take long naps. <laughs> okay. And you've done that. <laughs> yes, mission accomplished. Okay. What is your favorite dessert? I think I would need to turn that question around to what is not your favorite dessert. Mm-hmm. So that would be 
things that have coconut in them. But yeah. other than that, pretty much all desserts are my favorite. I really enjoy a good creme brulee. It's delicious. Yeah. So good. Okay. So you actually answered what was going to be my next question, which is was what food do you think is awful? So just coconut? No, actually, that's just where desserts are concerned. Um, pretty much if I have to pick the one food that I never want to eat, that would be tofu. Yeah, I've never had it cooked well, but from what I understand, it can be not unpleasant. Well, I've been told that as well, but I've yet to have that experience. Uh, same here. Okay. If you could give your advice to yourself as a child, what would it be? I think I would say don't take yourself too seriously because there's humor to be found just everywhere you look. And be nice to everyone. Be nice to everyone is a good, good mm -hmm. piece of advice, I think. I think I would tell myself to not be in such a rush to be a grown-up. That's another piece of good advice. I it just, happens yeah. fast. Yeah. I just couldn't wait to grow up. And I had all that time to play and have a great time, but right. didn't take advantage of it. Okay. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Well... I think I'd want to be able to speak or at least understand all languages. Ooh. And that would be all what we would consider, you know, a regular language or toddler or baby language. I would also want to understand those. And I would really like to understand dog language because my dog tries to tell me things all the time. And sometimes I can't figure it out. I think what she is mostly saying is give me some more treats. Well, you're probably right. Most likely. Okay. If you could have any job in the world besides being a librarian, what would it be? Well, I would be Wonder Woman, obviously. Hmm. I don't really need to explain that. No, I mean, who wouldn't want to be Diana Prince, which is actually the name of my new cat, Diana. Oh. Who well, was also named after royalty, as all of my pets are. Okay. So the final question is, what is the coolest place you've ever been to? I've been to a lot of cool places because I've been around a while. So I've had a lot of great opportunities. But one place that I think is worth mentioning um, is Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore, which is up in Michigan, right on the shore of Lake Michigan. And there are these huge sand dunes over 400 feet high that are right next to the water. And it's quite a spectacular place and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that later. 400 feet. I can't even picture how big 400 feet is. It would be a lot of me's. Okay. Thank you, Miss Susan, for those entertaining and illuminating answers to my questions. We will now take a short break before coming back to hear your folktale. The time is now! Pioneer Library's Summer Learning Challenge is here! Read, complete activities, log your points to earn swag. With categories for children, teens, and adults, there is something for everyone. The Summer Learning Challenge ends August 15th, so visit pioneerlibrarysystem.org and use the My Learning link to sign up today. Welcome back to Folk Tales for Friends. I am here with my guest, Miss Susan, who will now share her folktale with us. Thank you, Miss Roxanne. So, to give you a little preface, um, I just told you about the Sleeping Bear Dunes. Um, 
And so it was many years ago when I visited it, in 1999, in fact, and I had my two young children with me. I have three kids now, but at the time I just had two. And when we were there marveling at how unusual and beautiful the scenery was, we learned about the Chippewa legend explaining how the dunes and the two nearby islands were formed. And I think because the legend features a mother bear and her two baby cubs, and I was a mom with two kids, it was an especially meaningful, although sad, story to me. But it's really beautiful, and I'm glad to share it with you now. Can't wait to hear it. All right. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, way northeast of here, in what we now call the state of Wisconsin, a mother bear and her two beloved cubs had to escape the woods where they lived because there was a huge, dangerous fire. The woods were right next to Lake Michigan, which is gigantic. And they dove in it to escape the fire and began swimming toward the distant shore way on the other side of the lake, all the way to what we would now call the state of Michigan. The mother bear was leading the way, encouraging the cubs to keep swimming with all their might so they could all safely arrive across the lake. As you can imagine, the swim was tiring, very long. It was over 60 miles. And the struggling cubs soon fell behind their worried mother. After swimming through the night, the exhausted mother bear collapsed on the sandy shore where she turned and watched for her darling cubs to join her. And far in the distance, the cubs came into sight, but they were too tired to finish the journey. And first one and then the other slipped beneath the waves. And although they never reappeared, the mother continued to faithfully watch for them. And she eventually fell into a slumber or a sleep, which lasted for days, which turned into seasons, and then years where she was still waiting for her children. But then the great spirit Manitou deeply sensing the mama bear's love and longing for her children, caused her two cubs to rise above the water in the form of islands, which were then named the South and North Manitou Islands. Then the great spirit gently covered the mother with sand and she became a great big dune by the water where she has stayed forever watching over her two cubs. So that's the end of the story, but I wanted to note a couple of things about it. Mm -hmm. First, Humans have always tried to understand the world around them. And a lot of folk tales and legends are stories that give some framework as to why things are the way they are. And to see this topography of this beautiful area, the dunes and the islands and the sparkling clear water mm -hmm. come to life as a story, it's rather magical to me. But what I think made the legend stick with me is really what's at the heart of it. Mm -hmm. And that's that fierce love and connection the mama bear has with her babies. Mm -hmm. And although the ancient civilization where the story came from would be completely different from the one we live in now, mm -hmm. that story of the mother bear not giving up on her children, that sense of heartbreak, it just bridges all the centuries from then to now in just an instant. And I think as a mom myself, mm -hmm. I can imagine waiting on my children, even now, though they're all grownups, you know, until I turned into a huge sand dune. It's not such a hard thing to fathom. So that portrayal of the unceasing parental love resonates now just as it did then. 
And then there's the ending where they're all still together, mm-hmm. although they're in different forms. And I think that's reinsur- reassuring. And I think that's reassuring. And it reinforces the idea of family being more than the sum of its parts. So for these reasons, even though it's been over 20 years since I first heard it, mm-hmm. I've always remembered this story and I'm glad I was able to share it with you today. And you can actually read a version of it mm-hmm. um, and see some beautiful illustrations on Hoopla. Uh, you just need to search for the legend of Sleeping Bear. And if you have your library card and pen, you can see that. And also we have a paper copy you could place a hold on if you'd like to from our catalog. But thank you again for having me. And I look forward to hearing more folk tales from your guests in the future. Thank you, Ms. Susan. I will definitely be checking out that book uh, either on Hoopla or in person because I want to see those illustrations. I especially want to see if the, the mounds really do look like, like bears. Absolutely. Right. And did they at the time that you saw them? Once you knew the story, you could see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is a beautiful, sad, but beautiful story. I love it. Thank you so much, Miss Susan. You're very welcome. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And follow Pioneer Library System on social media platforms. Do you have a folktale that you'd like to share with us? Or do you want to know more about this one? feel free to send us an email at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org. Goodbye.